Now I can look at all of you equally. How's everyone doing? Good? New year was good? Not bad? If you, got, if you haven't seen me or my family in the past couple of weeks, we've been away to England over Christmas. It was a holiday to see relatives. Zach and I were originally born in England, as was Dad. Mum's the odd one out. Um, so we were over there seeing all our relatives. It was a really good time. That's why we've been away. So this is first week back preaching. Woo. <laughs> Fun. Nah, it's good. And the holiday was great. We got to see lots of stuff. We went to London. We actually took a day trip over to, um, over to Calais in France, and then we took a car over to uh, Bruges in Belgium. That was really fun. Got to eat chocolate and waffles. Good stuff. That was actually my lunch was just a waffle. <laughs> it's, it's good. It's, it's all you need. Um, was two things, though. Well, well there's always a, a lot of little things that annoy you when you're on a holiday. And when you're on a holiday visiting relatives, that <laughs> there's like double the amount. It just happens. The first one, the first thing that got to me a little bit wasn't to do with relatives. It was actually to do with the food. Because you see, Christmas evening, we'd had our dinner, we were having our dessert, lots of food, great food. We had a nice creamy cake, we had mince pies, profiteroles, we had these little ice cream Santa hats that were like ice cream at the bottom and then like a strawberry jam ice and then like a little whipped cream ball on top, really cute. And Christmas pudding, of course, they even set fire to it, that was, that was fun. We had that, all good, delicious, go to bed, get up on Boxing Day and it's, what's left of it is all still there. I don't mean they'd put it in the fridge and then they'd brought it back out again. I mean they'd left it all night in the conservatory and it was perfectly fine. <laughs> These little ice cream Santa hats were solid. <laughs> we can't do that over here. Like we can't, all night, we can't wait 10 minutes and the ice cream's a puddle on the floor. And it just, oh, it just annoyed me. The, the pastry on the mince pies was fresh. It wasn't stale. The creamy cake was moist. I didn't actually have any of that, but I saw it. Didn't, I'd had enough of the mince pies. Actually, one of, one of my cousin's boyfriends, um, he loves profiteroles, so we made sure he ate 15 <laughs> before he could stop, and that was, that was fun. But, but yeah, it was, it was just, we can't, we, it just annoyed me a little bit. I mean, it's great when we were over here, but I knew I'd have to come back. I would set my ice cream just on the bench overnight, and it wouldn't work. <laughs> Second thing that wasn't great, and this was to do with relatives. It's got to be at least one problem. And it was the awkward conversations. Because, you see, Zach and I haven't been back to England to visit relatives for 11 years, which is over half of our life. So we don't really know those cousins and aunties and uncles. We don't know them very well. And so it was awkward conversations. It was expected, but it was still annoying. Because you, you, you start with greeting them, easy enough. Then there's an awkward pause. And you know what's coming next. 
It's all these really general questions, like, where do you work? Do you have a car? What is your car? That's nice. And it's, it's going to happen because we can't talk about anything else, because we don't know each other. That's the sad truth of it. And then after that, there's another awkward pause, because all the easy questions have been used up. And you don't know them anymore. So what are you going to talk about? But you eventually get over that. And by the end of it, we're chatting, and you can't stop us. And the only problem is, now I'm back over here, and it's going to die off again. But that was, that was the other thing to, that got to me. And it made me think, because sometimes our conversations with God can be a bit awkward and a bit difficult. Sometimes they can... Maybe ineffective isn't the right word, but we're having these conversations with God and we're not quite getting out of it what we think we're supposed to. What do I really mean by this? Well, first of all, when I talk about conversations with God, most people's minds go instantly to prayer. And that's true. When we pray, we're having a conversation with God. But there are other forms of communication with God that we can have. We can read the Bible, and that's God's wisdom, his living, breathing word that we can interact with. We can praise and worship. We can have dreams and visions or hear the audible voice of God. All of this stuff, even listening to me, hopefully, today, is communication with God. And so that's, that's communication. What do I mean by ineffective? It's easy to imagine when we're thinking about God talking to us. Because sometimes we try and we strive and we sit and we wait and we ask God to speak to us and we don't seem to get anything. And it's just an awkward silence, a pause, that we then end up filling with our own voices. But we can also have ineffective conversation with God when we're doing the talking. Maybe some of us don't quite know how to pray, or we feel like we don't know how to pray. Or maybe sometimes we don't know what to pray, and we're just like, God, I'm here, I'm trying to talk to you, but I, I can't get the words out to really say what's going on. Sometimes our communication with God and our conversations with God aren't quite where we want them to be. And what do we do about that? What can we do about that? That's what I want to look into today. So, I'm just going to pray real quick and then we'll get into it in earnest. So if you could close your eyes. Dear God, I thank you for the opportunity I have now that you might use my voice, use my words and my preparations, and you might speak to the congregation today. I ask that this would be, right now, a conversation with you, that you would use me and you would reach out and touch the hearts of everyone here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Right. So, 
Going back to the conversations I had in England, these awkward conversations, the problem with them, in this case, because there's lots of problems you can have with conversations, but the problem in this case was these general questions. The fact that, I mean, it's, fa it's, it's fair enough, it's expected for that situation, but we're never going to talk about any real interests or any real issues, not to start with at least. So that starting conversation, that's the problem. It's general topics, and it doesn't go any deeper than that. And the reason, quite obvious, is because we don't know each other. And the reason for that, which I explained, was because we never saw each other. And so the key here, and the key with the other examples I'll, I'll address, is there is a connection between the conversation and the relationship. There is a very, very close connection between the conversation, the communication, and the relationship you have with that person. And in this case, my relationship, my engagement with these aunties and uncles and cousins was infrequent. It was sporadic. I like that word, that's why I put it in here. <laughs> Looked it up on synonyms and everything. Sporadic. But my relationship was infrequent because I only see them every 11 years, then I don't know them. Because I don't know them, I can only go so far in my conversation, my conversation is limited. And that can be the same when we're conversing with God. If I read the Bible once a month, I'm going to forget everything I've read before. I'm g I might gain some wisdoms in this conversation, but I'm never going to really get very close to God. There's going to be only so far I can reach. And that engagement will in turn affect the rest of the communications that I'm having. Because I only know God so far. I can't properly articulate my prayers to Him because I don't know who it is I'm praying to. And I can't hear properly from Him because I don't know who it is that's trying to speak. I don't know the heart that God has for me. If we only pray when we're in a real, real struggling situation, if we only pray when we think we really need it, then our prayers, they might not be general. In this case, they might be specific. They might be about that issue. And you might really vent your heart and it's good. But then if you're never going to pray again until that next big issue are you really getting to know and getting to spend time with the God who you're praying to? You're not. And so, what I have for you today, what, what I'm suggesting, is that if we're wanting our communications to improve, if we're wanting our conversations with God, whether it's to God or from God, to improve, because we feel like there's a better a better way it can be done. 
then we can't just look at the conversations. We have to look at the relationship and the problem that's going on there. And when we acknowledge that, then we can start working towards the better relationship and then that will increase the abilities of our conversations with God. So in this case, if the relationship is infrequent, we need to check ourselves and we need to think about, can I be more frequent? Can I find time to pray daily, to read the Bible daily? The Bible helps us with this and it helps us in fact, in the Lord's Prayer, which is a great tool for learning how to converse with God. And a lot of us know it, so does anyone want to say the Lord's Prayer for me? Anyone? I Tim, I know you know it. <laughs> Tim will now recite the Lord's Prayer in Latin. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, Don't, for thine is the power and the kingdom and the glory forever and ever, amen. Nine out of ten, it's okay. It's, yeah, it's been a week. <laughs> okay, so for the topic of... Now, there's a million sermons you could do off of the Lord's Prayer, I'm sure. But for the topic of frequency, I'm going to look at Matthew 6, verse 11, part of the Lord's Prayer, which says, Give us today our daily bread. Now, when we think about this line, when we read this line in the Bible, most often we'll focus on the bread. We'll focus on the physical provision that God says we should pray for, whether it be food or money or something else. We'll focus on the spiritual provision, whether it be miracles or engagement with Jesus or something else. But see, I think there is special meaning in the fact that Jesus said, give us today our daily bread. Because Jesus could have had us pray for weekly bread. He could have had us say, Lord, every day this year, I want meal, I want food on my plate, and I want money in my pocket for every day this year. Thanks. But he didn't. He said, Today, give me my daily bread. Because Jesus is saying to us that we need to engage with him daily. We need to engage with him often, frequently, so we can actually get to know the God that we love and that loves us. And you can't build a relationship by a bulk order. You can't build a relationship by a bulk order. You have to be frequently engaged. So if we're wanting to improve our communication with God, we need to get to know Him more by engaging frequently. Okay. The next problem that relationships can have. This is not an exclusive list, by the way. There are lots of relationship problems. <laughs> Rushed relationships. And this... I'm very guilty of when it comes to God. I find it very 
very easy, all too easy, to get out of bed in the morning and think to myself, I should start the day with God because I'm a good Christian. And so I'll pray. Dear Lord, sorry I'm a bit tired. I'm running a bit late. Please give me a good day today. Keep me safe. Uh, give me opportunities to spread your word to others and uh, help that person who was sick that I can't remember the name of. In Jesus' name, amen. Done. And now, because I'm such a good Christian, I might even open the Bible and read a chapter. And then it's breakfast, uni, off with the day. There's a problem there. And again, if it seems a bit obvious, that's because I'm not addressing super complex topics. We just sometimes forget about them. The problem here, the reason this conversation is ineffective, is because there's just no time. I've not allowed time. So even if I mean what I say, I can still only address so much. I can still only get to know God and actually get to share my heart, my true feelings, my true issues so much. If I'm reading the Bible and I'm reading just a little bit, just a chapter, and you can read a chapter and you can dwell on it and you can take your time, but if I'm just reading a chapter and then I'm off to whatever's next, then I'm not really allowing time for God's wisdom to settle into me. I'm not allowing time for him to say what he needs to say. So in this case, the relationship is rushed, so there is no time, so the conversation suffers. And so if we can acknowledge this, if we can check ourselves and recognize that this is happening in our lives, I don't know if it's happening in yours, but if it is, and we can recognize it, then we can begin to set about intentional change. And we can think, can I spend more time with my prayers? Can I spend a little bit more time thinking about this passage that I'm reading? Can the rest of the world wait just a little bit for the God who created it? In Psalm 1, verse 1 to 3, it says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Two things from that passage that I'm going to take. The first is, blessed is the one who meditates on his law day and night. Meditates. I don't know if you've ever meditated or you've ever imagined or seen in a movie someone meditating. Maybe it's a monk of some kind. But you can't meditate in two minutes. The definition of meditate is to focus one's thoughts for a period of time. And when we think about meditation, we think about hours, maybe even days, if you're prepared for it. And that's, it says right here, right here in the Bible, that he who meditates on the law of the Lord, whatever he will do, 
prospers. He will be blessed. If you want to get more out of your relationship with God, then we need to be spending intentional time with him and not just rushing through it, not just putting it off for the next thing. And then our conversations and our communication with God will flourish. The second thing from this passage is it gives an image of a tree planted by streams of water. And in the same light as meditation, a tree does not pull water from the river two minutes a day. The tree is constantly engaged, constantly sucking up nutrients and water. And that's, thank you, (laughs) and that's what God calls us to. That's what he wants for us. So if we can be aware of this, then maybe we can take our relationship from rushed to intentional and improve our conversations with God. One more way that our relationships can suffer, and this, if I don't do it a lot with God, which I probably do, I do it a lot with people. I talk too much. You know. <laughs> I talk too much. If there is something I... I like to excuse the fact by saying I love learning, I love knowledge, but all my knowledge is wasted if you don't get to hear about it. I don't care if you're not interested in the topic. I don't care if you only wanted an answer to a question and you don't need to know why that answer exists. I will give you everything and you won't get a word in edgeways. (laughs) Yes. I talk too much. This conversation is also ineffective. Not necessarily because it doesn't touch on deep topics. Not necessarily because my heart isn't being shared. It's ineffective because I don't get to hear the other person. How often when we pray, do we not get time to hear God? We're always, always the ones talking. And a lot of the time it feels like that because we think to ourselves, I got to talk because when I'm silent, nothing happens. And so we just fill it straight away and we don't even wait a long period of time. And the other thing we might think is, okay, I'm sitting here, God, time to talk to me. But let me tell you that being silent before God is not an order for him to speak to you. It's an invitation. And that invitation can be declined. But we still have to make the time. If we want to have better communication with God, we still have to make the time. We have to shift our relationship from one-sided to a bit more of a two-sided relationship. Because when we're the ones doing all the talking, we're effectively saying we're the only ones with something worth saying. But how much is that not true? How much more worthy is God's words than ours? Whatever our problems are, God knows the answer a lot more than we might ramble and speculate. And yes, of course, we have the time where we need to do the talking. But if our communication is suffering, one of the reasons might be because we aren't being open enough 
and we aren't being humble and stepping away and saying, God, I'm going to be here now. And if you want to talk, I could really do with some answers. I'll be glad for whatever you have to say. Because there's a difference between that and just saying, God, I'm here. Speak to me. I'll give you two minutes. The, t- the clock's ticking. In the Lord's Prayer, straight away, first line we have, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Right at the start, we change the relationship and we make sure that we know. Because God knows that he's our Father. He knows that his name is to be praised and that his name is above all other names. That first line reminds us who really matters in this conversation? Who do I have to make sure gets their words in in this conversation? So that's what the Lord's Prayer can teach us about this. James 1 verse 19 also says, My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. It's obvious to think if we aren't reading the Bible, we shouldn't be surprised when we don't know anything from the Bible. That's obvious. But we kind of forget that if we aren't leaving space for God to speak, we shouldn't be surprised when we can't hear him. But sometimes we are. And we go about life thinking, why can I not hear God? Why has God never spoken to me? I'm a Christian. I do all these good things. I love God. Why has he not spoken to me? But we aren't leaving space. We aren't necessarily engaging frequently, so we don't necessarily know well the God who we're trying to speak to. And maybe we're just rushing through it as well. I like to think about a radio with all of this. If you want to listen well to a radio or a radio station, you've got to get the right frequency. Now, if you don't know the frequency whatsoever, you're either going to get static or you're going to get a completely different station to the one you wanted. If you know some of the numbers of the frequency you're supposed to get, maybe you know the first two, you might get close and it'll be all staticky and distorted. But you might just be able to make out what you're trying to hear. But when you really get to know that frequency, then you can hear the songs or the voices clearly. The more we engage with God and work on our relationship with God, and the better we get to know Him, the more clearly we tune in. And then we can properly articulate our heart and share our heart to God. And we can properly hear the heart and the desires and the plans of the one who's speaking to us. If we press in, if we tune in, if we work on our relationship then we'll find our conversations will flourish. Our communication, our prayer, our Bible reading, 
whether we do end up with audible voices from God or not. And because this is God's plan for us, this was everything that he wanted was to do with relationship and communication. Right from the start in the Garden of Eden, he was walking with Adam and Eve. Straight after the cross, we actually find, and I removed it from my notes because I didn't know if I was going to say it or not, but here we are. We actually find straight after the cross, there was two people walking. I'm sure some of you know the passage. Two people walking on the way either to or from Emmaus. And Jesus walked with them. What sin severed, the relationship that sin severed, Jesus brought back on the cross. That relationship. God's plan was revealed when Jesus prayed in John 17. In verse 21, he said, he prayed that all of us might be one, just as he and God are one. That they would be, that we would be with him so that the world might believe that he had sent us. So my encouragement today for you, if you truly, if you feel like something is missing in your communication with God, in your conversations, in your prayer, in your Bible reading, I encourage you to look at your relationship. Maybe you've got some of the problems that I've looked at today and you can go about fixing them. Maybe you've got entirely different problems with God and you can go about fixing them. And if you don't know how, I'm sure someone you can ask does. But I encourage you to do that check because God wants to have conversation with you. He wants you to hear his voice when he speaks and he wants to hear you and to know your heart. Not just from the fact that he knows everything, but he wants to hear it from you as well. We're going to go back into worship now. And as we do, just have that check with yourself. And as we worship, which is a communication with God, press in, engage, be intentional. Don't just sing a song. And don't worship so that you might get a fun feeling or so that God might fill you with his presence because then you're worshiping to get something. We should worship because God is worthy. He is worthy of our worship. He is worthy of our time. So why don't you stand and I'll pray and then we'll get into it. Dear God, I thank you so much that you desire to have relationship with us, that you desire to speak to us and that you love to hear our voice. You long to hear us talk to you, God. I pray right now that for all of us, you would help us look into ourselves. You would stir us, God, that we might see what's going on and that we might draw closer to you right now, Lord God. That we might draw closer. We might know you more. And that at the end of it all, we might know you a little better. We might hear you a little bit clearer. 
Thank you, Jesus. Amen.